Hello and welcome to the latest installment of the Future Healthcare Today podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Tierney, and today we're going to take a look at one of the most important aspects in the healthcare industry, the provider network, and more specifically, how to go about creating a robust network of providers that can meet the needs of patients today. That process can often be a challenge as ensuring access and adequacy for all can be difficult if patients' needs are not well understood. The lack of understanding has become more and more of an issue as patients move to more remote areas, technology evolves and disrupts existing healthcare network mechanisms, and as payers address differing priorities that each require specific solutions. To address these challenges and more, we are joined today by a stellar team of healthcare plan and network solution experts from Zell's Healthcare. They are Tammy Skiles, Senior Vice President for Network Solutions, Kim Sharbots, Senior Director of Strategic Network Partnerships, and Robin Marino, Director for the Zell's Dental Network. Our three guests have agreed to join us in a two-part series on the evolution of network solutions, and today we're going to focus on just what it takes to build a viable solution. So, to get started, Tammy, what goes into building a network of providers and who builds it? So I think it varies, right? Networks can be built by not only health plans, um, we have some small TPAs that may own some of their own networks, or they may partner with a vendor such as Zealous or someone in the similar capacity to build a network. And what goes into that is you need to have provider development background. So understanding of geographical areas, because sometimes those drive out what, you know, what would be considered normal discounts in that area, but also understanding contractual terms, what's the provider temperature in the market, things of that nature. Once you've identified your target based on client needs, we'll go grab the contract for those. Um, but then there's also operational components you have to think about when you do own a network. Um, so not only do you have provider development or network development, you also have credentialing services that fall um, behind that. Um, and those typically equate to just validation upon entry to the network of the provider to ensure that they are the type of specialist or type of provider that they state they are, as well as maintain an active license and do not have malpractice history and things of that nature. So you do credentialing upon entry of the network, and then you typically do that every three years. I mean, then you also have some ongoing monitoring that takes place to make sure license remain active, a provider still uh, considered active from a retirement perspective uh, and, and things of that nature. So you have credentialing and then credentialing is going to usually feed to some sort of data operations area. So a network has to maintain all of the demographic data for the provider, uh, depending upon what type of network that you build. Um, there's typically a provider directory component um, anytime we use a, lo a logo, which would steer um, their clients and or members to that particular network. Thank you, Tammy. That was an excellent way to set the stage for our conversation. I do want to dig into something uh, you brought up in your response there, and that's with the evaluation of the network. So how often are these networks evaluated and how do payers determine when changes are needed? I would say that the networks are validated or um, looked at and should be evaluated all the time. So provider demographic uh, from a landscape perspective changes. You have providers that retire. You have providers that graduate, come into the market. In addition to that, you should also compare that to what your client needs are. So you may have clients in different geographical areas, um, maybe of a different age population. So you're looking for certain types of providers to have in your network and things of that nature. And then I think the most important one probably is your competitiveness uh, within the market. So competitiveness can probably be defined in a couple of ways. It would be 
access um, within certain geographical areas um, based on your client need and then also um, the discount percentage right so um, folks want to be competitive in that not only for the provider community but also for the payer community as well so kim i'm going to come to you for this next question uh, obviously some health plans have their own networks what are the challenges that those specific plans are facing and what are some of the things you see them doing to overcome those challenges? Yeah, so what I've observed in the marketplace is typically a health plan, if they do have a network, um, it's still not their primary focus. Their primary focus is growing their product, whether that be their medical plan or their dental plan. Um, so they'll typically have an area within their company that's managing networks, but there isn't always a lot of support because it's not their core competency. Um, it's really growing their product. So it, it's tough for that network area to battle for the resources to continue to grow and maintain that network. You know, as Tammy mentioned, a network is ever evolving and shifting, constantly has to be monitored to ensure that the composition is correct for the membership, the rates are appropriate and driving discounts, you know, you're meeting regulatory compliance requirements. So it's difficult for those health plans to put the focus on growing and maintaining that network because typically that isn't their core competency. So Kim, what about payers who don't have their own networks? Do you have any recommendations or things they should be on the lookout for in a network partner? Yeah, I would say if a payer doesn't own their own network, they really need a partner who's going to be consultative with them um, and help them develop a network strategy and determine, you know, where they need network to fulfill their membership needs where their um, discount levels should be in terms of reimbursement to provide them feedback on what's happening within, you know, the regulatory environment or even trends within the provider community. Um, because from a network perspective, that health plan probably isn't that tied in to the, you know, the provider community or the factors that impact a network, again, because they're focused on their core business and not on maintaining or growing a network solution. So one last question for you, Kim, and then I'll, I'll let you off the hot seat. You know, what are the different kinds of network configurations that a plan may use? Yeah, so a plan could be using a network that is a national network solution, a regionally focused solution, a wraparound solution, so a network that would wrap their current existing network, a more defined network solution, such as a narrow network that would complement an existing product that that health plan has in place, so really any sort of flavor of network that a health plan might need, Zealous can accommodate, whether it um, be tying them to an existing network in the marketplace that they could use or building out a network solution for that health plan. Right. And obviously, you know, speaking from a Zealous perspective, you have that experience uh, helping individuals find that. But, you know, ideally, whoever you're working with, you know, any kind of network partner will be able to provide something similar to that. 
Uh, but speaking about you know a little more highly specialized uh, network and network solutions, so Robin, uh, your team really focuses on dental networks. How have member needs changed from your perspective? Member needs are are changing. There are trends, um, as you know, you've mentioned. Uh, you know, dispersed workforce, uh, work from home has kind of changed landscapes. But what we really do here at Zealous is work closely with, you know, in our vendor relationship with the clients to find out where they have um, gaps, typically from out-of-network claim data or actually from campaigns that they will share with us. We also see where trends are, where there's population growth. After COVID, we saw growth trends in the Sun Belt, and we marketed to these and recruited in these areas. Um, The other trends that are happening are members looking for specialized services, endodontic care, orthodontics, cosmetic care. All of these things are offered by our providers. The network is always alive and moving and dynamic. And since COVID, there has been changes. So we follow those same leads. So Robin, let's dive a little bit deeper into uh, a portion of your response there. You know, obviously there was, as you said, a lot of growth in more rural areas. So how do payers accommodate this more rural uh, workforce, this remote workforce and, you know, a wider geographic need? So one of the biggest changes is the providers have become more accepting of technology, for instance, telehealth, teledentistry. To be able to access their members electronically has been a big trend with dentists. Dentists, while very technical, have not been really technical on the communication front, and that has been a huge change in the market uh, and that was due to a backlash after COVID to be able to service their patient base. And patients are looking for that model as we move forward. Um, telehealth has become very popular. So teledentistry follows in that now the change makers, the millennials are asking for services such as that to be able to reach their provider, to make appointments electronically, to ask about emergent procedures electronically. So that is probably one of the biggest changes that was beneficial after COVID. The disbursement of the workforce made us look at other markets that weren't as popular. We saw the trend in the geography of people moving out of big cities into outlying areas and having provider interest in the change in landscape. So Tammy, is a, a final wrap-up for the first part of our conversation here, Obviously, there's a lot of moving parts in healthcare. You know, the trends we've discussed, both for payers, for networks, for, you know, how patients are going, the evolution of technology, COVID-19. So my final question for you is, you know, what can a partner who needs to explore these network solutions, what can they expect when they engage with with a zealous or with someone else in the industry? You know, what do you specifically do to help benefit them? Absolutely. Um, So working with Zealous is what I like to refer to as one contract, one connection. So think about it from the payer's perspective. If they maintain different network relationships, they're contractually obligated to um, keep those relationships based on those contractual terms, as well as also maintain some sort of um, 
electronic uh, connection to pass claims back and forth. Um, was Zealous involved? Uh, there's one contract, so you contract with Zealous and we will manage all of those contractual obligations for any of the networks um, that we provide access to. And then we also um, only require one uh, claims connection. So you can send all your claims through one connection, only have to manage that as well. The other unique thing that I think Zealous brings to um, the table is we truly manage um, on our client's behalf. So while we have um, a lot of network partnerships, um, we're really working on behalf of our clients with our networks um, in those partnerships from a true uh, first onset approval of a specific client or maybe their employer groups um, all the way through implementation. We have a dedicated implementation team that will partner with the payer um, and then also partner with the networks that we manage those relationships with um, all the way through. And then we also manage all the back end activities. So um, in the instance that there is a dispute or appeal, um, we have a full service staff that will manage those activities, work with the networks if necessary, but then also communicate back to the payer around the outcome. So it's truly a one stop shop um, here at Zealous. Well, as mentioned at the beginning of our conversation today, we are going to continue the discussion about network solutions in part two of the podcast, which will be released in the coming days. In that discussion, we will move on to ways that providers can use networks and how organizations like Zealous can help them make the most of the networks they are a part of. But that is going to do it for us here today. To learn more about the best practices, lessons learned, and proven strategies for using innovative technologies to address the healthcare industry's most pressing challenges, please visit futurehealthcaretoday.com. I've been your host, Kevin Tierney, and until we talk again, so long.